I hear, I can hear it. Yeah, yeah working out. <laughs> well, good morning, everyone. We had a little technical issue, but um, we're good now. So, um, my name is Nancy, and um, this is the Father's Church in Dallas and the Wisdom Seeker Sunday School. And we welcome everybody who is here in the house today. And it's good to see Cece and Winford. Uh, in today um, and to have them live with us. Um, today the, the title of my lesson is We Shall Not Be Moved. And then um, I also entitled it Faint Not because I wasn't sure which title I really wanted to use so I just used both. Um, and I titled this first section of the teaching, Men's Hearts Failing for Fear. And we hear about this more and more today, people's fears overtaking them um, because, of the current, because of the current world events and national events. And even the recent snowstorm that we had and uh, that caused power outages for days, some people weren't sure that they were going to survive another night without heat and some didn't. I heard of a five-day-old baby that died because the family had no heat. And that just really broke my heart to hear that. And fear didn't overtake me, but I was really concerned for my parents because they were without electricity for about four days straight. And in fact, that fourth day, it was like 11 o'clock at night by the time they finally got power. And my dad just turned eight, 88. My dad, my mother is 70 or 87, and um, they couldn't go to my brother's house because he had no electricity. My nephew had no electricity, and um, family friends had called and and said, "Come stay with us." But because of COVID, my parents are just they're I hate to say fearful, but they're overly concerned about COVID, and so they wouldn't go anywhere. And so they, they stayed in their home, just put on layers of clothes, bundled up and with blankets, and would turn on the gas um, uh, burners in the kitchen, you know, on the stovetop in the kitchen, but, you know, the heat was just there, right, in that area, and they couldn't, you know, just hang out there. But, um, you know, especially when it was bedtime. But um, I just prayed that the Lord entrusted the Lord to keep them because I knew he would, and he did. And um, but some, and, and some people were fearful of running out of food and water, and then to worsen matters, some had to boil water for consumption, even just to cook with. And, and even just to brush their teeth. And, um, you know, we had learned how to do without uh, pure water when we were in Africa, when we had to use our platypus full of purified water to brush our teeth. We didn't have a baker. That is a blast from the past. <laughs> but, um, Did you send your platypus over to them? <laughs> so I think we've all earned a, uh, a t-shirt that says, I survived Snowbin 21. And, um, but anyway, back to, to, or 
moving on with the lesson. Um, we're going to begin in Luke 21. And beginning with verse 25, it says, And there shall be signs in the sun, and in the moon, and in the stars, and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea, the, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear, or phobos, and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. Now the Greek word for failing here is... And I'll probably butcher this, but a popsicle. A popsicle. <laughs> a popsicle. <laughs> That's good enough for me. Where we get our popsicles from? A popsicle. <laughs> a popsicle. That works. And it means to be cast down, to settle, to fall short, and even to prostrate oneself. And the definitions that the Lord highlighted to me were to settle and to prostrate oneself. I was thinking about that, and I thought, God forbid that we should ever settle for anything less than our calling and our partnership with him. And I know I say this a lot, um, probably every time it's my turn to teach, but there is no higher, no higher calling than what we have, and there's no greater privilege to, to be called to do what we do. And it's, it's unimaginable to me that any of us would ever prostrate ourselves before the enemy. I mean, it's just unimaginable that we would ever do that. And whether physically, which I can pretty assuredly say, we would never do that, but never say never. Um, but even in our hearts, do we allow our hearts to be prostrate before the enemy? And, um, but if we allow ourselves to be overcome with fear, and this word fear is to settle for something less than what God has called us to be, and falling short of what we've been commissioned to do as saints, as his covenant people, could it be that that is one step toward our hearts being prostrate before the enemy? God forbid, I've said that twice now, but it's true. God forbid that we should ever be there. And um, may our hearts never fail for fear, because God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. So this word for failing... This word for failing is derived from two root words, apo, meaning a separation from something, and suko, to be made or to grow cool or cold, a waning love or to wax cold. Matthew 24:12 says, and because of iniquity, or and because iniquity shall abound, the love or the agape of many shall wax cold. Now, we see a lot of twistedness going on in, in churches today. And um, the passionate pursuit of God and his purpose and his plan for many will wax cold and has. And it becomes a waning love, an, a waning agape. And I'll say it again, God forbid we ever get there. Maybe that should be the title of your, your teaching, God forbid. 
<laughs> that should have been the title. God forbid. <laughs> and, and you'll notice the second half of this root word uh, looks like our English word psycho. And to be crazy or to be mentally unstable. And in reality, when someone gives in to the kind of fear that, that this is talking about, um, this phobos, it's a fear that causes terror and causes dread. And when someone gives into that, um, they might just become a little or a lot mentally unstable. You know, when fear overtakes you, you're, it paralyzes you and, and your mind goes all different directions. And um, so that's why it's important we keep our mind stayed on God. And then um, this next section I've titled Shaken. And the word shaken in this Luke 21 passage is saluo, and it means to waver, agitate, <coughs> destroy, to shake, to render insecure, and to stir up. And it's also rendered, I should not be moved, in Acts 2.25. Acts 2.25 says, For David speaketh concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand, that I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice, and my tongue was glad. Moreover, also my flesh shall rest in hope. Now we know this passage is quoted, um, though not verbatim. It's quoted from David's prophecy in Psalm 16, which speaks of Christ and his resurrection. <laughs> but we die to self and are buried with him by baptism into death that we may be raised up with him by the glory of the Father. <coughs> Psalm 16, beginning with verse 5. The Lord is the portion of mine inheritance and of my cup. Thou maintainest my lot. The lines are fallen unto me in pleasant places. Yea, I have a goodly heritage. I will bless the Lord who hath given me counsel. My reins also instruct me in the night seasons. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Um, and of course the Hebrew word for moved is mote versus the uh, Greek in the, in <coughs> the Acts verse. Therefore my heart is glad, and my, and my glory rejoiceth, my flesh also shall rest in hope. So we shall not be wavered, or be destroyed, or shaken, when we have set the Lord always before us. Because he is at our right hand, we shall not be moved. And then in Luke 6, beginning with verse 46, and why call ye me, Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Whosoever cometh to me, and heareth my sayings, and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. He is like a man which built an house, and digged deep, and laid the foundation on a rock. And with the, when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently upon that house, and could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. And we are founded upon that rock, which is Jesus. 
and our confidence is in him, and we shall not be shaken. Any comments before I move to the next section? It was good that we had that technical issue because it took a little time, so. I have something I want to comment on, on this Luke uh, 21. Mm-hmm. Um, what it says, 26 men's hearts failing, and then the, the word, though. You know, you okay. never really think that when you when something is failing, then you're settling, you know? Right. And, and then and not ever to prostrate, you know, when, when your hearts fail or when you know you you begin to waver, mm-hmm. then when you when you begin to waver, you begin to walk away. Right. Basically, is what it is. That's really that really speaks volumes when you it says you settle and then and then you will prostrate yourself before that situation. Yes. You know we have to be careful because that's the trick of the enemy right yes. now. Yes. Know, <coughs> all of us. I mean, in our minds, we wouldn't think we would never ever do that, but you know, right. when it's a subtle thing. And, and, it's, and, you know, it's a form of compromise as well. Right. So I don't know. That just really spoke, spoke to my spirit this morning. Thank you, Cece. <coughs> so then, does that work for rock there? Is that the one that, uh, that um, you say that? Is that the one that Peter refers to? Yes. Yes. I believe what I read, it said that that, um, Peter referred to that in his sermon uh, on the day of Pentecost. Thank you guys for your comments. The next section I've entitled, Faint Not, and beginning in Galatians uh, 6, verse 9, it says, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. In the definitions here for faint, the two that the Lord highlighted to me um, are enfeeble and become despondent. Um, so what Galatians 6, 9 is telling us is that if we don't allow ourselves to become enfeebled um, or to become despondent, um, we will, in due season, reap. And then looking at Hebrews 12, verses 2 and 3. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Again, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power and love and of a sound mind. So we don't have to give in to um, fainting in our minds. We just have to continue to keep our eyes and you know focus on the Lord and our our minds um, continually renewed uh, with his word um, because that's what he has promised us um, that he did not give us a spirit of fear Nancy yes ma'am my turn thank you Stacy you're welcome 
Well, you know, I was just looking at those two verses that you that you brought forth regarding fainting and being despondent. And I think about the last year where really we were withheld from doing so much that it would have been easy to become despondent because we weren't meeting in the same ways, we didn't have the same pattern of prayer and whatever. But, you know, the Lord really was able to um, stress the point of continuing to pray and through that obedience of continuing to be that intercessor, mm -hmm. I think it, that was really the thing that kept us from the other. Yes. Because, you know, if you become, um, I won't say lazy, but if you if you think there's nothing going on, then you're not actually seeking that something is going on. Mm -hmm. And that's a despondency. That's a lack of attention. That's lack of engagement. That's lack of, you know, <clears throat> whatever. And I think that, you know, the main issue for us in this year was learning how not to become that way, how to stand in our own selves with the Father mm -hmm. without the, you know, support that we were used to. Right. And not fainting in our minds because, mm -hmm. I, of course, I, I really would have a proclivity for this because I am a lazy person at heart. I can relax like the best of them. I can also get things done. I mean, but... <laughs> I got no problem doing nothing. <laughs> and Scott's not that way. He cannot stand and sit around. But I am a sitter-arounder. And it can be that way, too, with my mind, you know, to just not want to engage because I just want to relax or whatever. Um, so, you know, I'm just saying that, you you know, being a person who disciplines themselves to remain constant and engaged with the Father and whatever the Spirit is doing, doesn't mean it's always going to be easy. Right. You know, and maybe you won't have a moment where you kind of feel alone or you don't feel like you're really connecting or you don't feel like you're engaging. And so you might, you know, get tired of trying or something. Mm -hmm. But, you know, but for the most part, I think that is your antidote to this fainting. Yeah. Is right. remaining engaged with the Father and trusting in that, in his plan and the overall plan despite what's happening. Right. I agree. And, you know, key word to me that you said was discipline you know we we had to be diligent throughout this past year to make sure that we stayed connected we stayed engaged in what was going on even though we weren't physically here um, we had to be diligent in in making sure that we were connected and that you know um, we received everything that was being provided through it through internet um, and but it took discipline for all of us to do that because, you know, it's easy to think, well, I don't have to get up as early today. Maybe I'll sleep in just a little bit. And then you're rushing around to, you know, get up and get ready and go sit in front of the TV and live stream. <laughs> but um, so you have, to, you have to stay disciplined and you have to stay diligent, um, especially in the, you know, the past year. And I don't even think we've seen the fruits yet of what this year has meant for, our, for the saints mm -hmm. and how we sowed in this time. Mm -hmm. And because I do think it's sometimes it's really impossible for us to see how we've made any headway or how. But it says here what um, well-doing mm -hmm. didn't look like we were doing a whole lot of welling, you know. But the well-doing we were doing was the thing that, that Jesus said, well, Mary, you know, 
uh, Mary chose the better thing, mm -hmm. and that was to not be busy, but to but to serve Him in that capacity. Yeah, and and I struggle with. Um, I'm just I just I, I busy myself all the time, and I have to be careful to pull back from things. I mean, my mom told me a few weeks ago that we were with them and. And she said, you're always doing something. And I said, well, that's just how I'm made up. She said, you're like your grandmother. But um, I have to be careful because I, I am always, I always busy myself, whether it's with, you know, studying the word or, you know, in my job or at home. If I'm, you know, if I see something that needs cleaned or, you know, I'm, I'm just busy. I bit, but that's, it's a kind of a fault. I mean, it's good in, in a sense, you know, when you apply it in the right things. But I can let myself get a little bit overworked because I I just do. I just do, do, do all the time. But um, so I try to I try to recognize that and, kind of, and try to draw back and let, you know, myself just, you know, put away, put, put aside things that don't have to be done right now, or that aren't important. And if it doesn't get day to done today, it's not a big deal. Um, but that that is a real struggle for me. But um, anyway, you know, we have to stay stay diligent. We have to stay disciplined. And you know, like Pastor has said many times over the past year, even though we don't recognize. Uh, well-doing that we've done and that um, and we don't see yet the fruits of our labors throughout the past year God was establishing us in our homes he was establishing our homes as our place of worship and you know our time before the Lord and so you know there were um, it was a good thing for all of us because we had to make that happen in our homes and and make sure that we were staying in tune with the Lord, whether we could be in our sanctuary or not. Our sanctuary, we, we made our home our sanctuary. And, you know, it may come to the day that we'll go through similar things that um, we may not be able to gather. And, but we will have established our sanctuary in, in our home. And, um, and we can just pick up and carry on. So um, thank you for those comments, Stacy. You're welcome. I have something to add. Right. Look at this. I was just rolling by. <laughs> and I have to be careful how I say this, but I don't think it's over. No. I think this year is, is equally as crucial as last year. Mm -hmm. Because what I sense, and, and I'm talking network-wide, I sense the separation. And, and I know that all of us have been sensitive to the spirit and, and, and done our best to try to stay connected with those peripheral that are in the network because there's some that actually our seminars are their touch point. And so what it's doing is it's working in some, and, and, I'm, and I'm even talking some leaders, I mean, it's working in them to really <laughs> separate or determine what their foundation is and that's so good yeah. I mean, God's in all of this 
but in our intercession, I think it's really important here in the core that we are continuously asking the Spirit to pray through us to lift up our, you know, our, our, our network uh, body. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, these, these I, I know that the, the virtual seminars are great. And, and I'm so thankful that we have that capacity. But there's something so significant about gathering together in the unity and, and having that, that time together. And it's, it's very important to our network. And so I know the Lord's in it, and, and I'm thankful. But I think that even this seminar, our intercession so much needs to be focused going into this and even on the other side of it and praying into that, that, they, that they're strengthened, that they're girded up, that in the place where they are, and that our, our, our network stays galvanized and unified. Because it, to me, that's almost like the second layer of it. You know what I mean? It's like, it, and, and the enemy is all over it. I mean, the enemy wants to separate and, and have people fall away. And, and sadly, we've seen that over the course of the last couple of years, but we just really need to, to be sensitive to, to pray, and as the Spirit leads you, reach out. You know, reach out. Yeah. And, you know, because there are some that are struggling. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, the, it's when you're together, you know, you have that bonding, and it's just easier to, you know, have, be of one mind and one accord. <laughs> but when you're separated out. There's accountability. Yes. Yeah, and if that's one thing that our seminars—well, there's so many things—but that, that measure of accountability, it's like, it, it's it's important. Mm-hmm. And so totally is. Please encourage me because yeah. it's it's yeah. like yeah, we're all still committed. Yeah. Okay, let's go back and do we're it. All, yeah, <laughs> and when we come, yeah, it's like we just picked up where we left off. Mm-hmm. But there's been a pretty long sila. Yeah, but that the Lord's in it. It's just we have to be mindful and we have to interpret correctly mm-hmm. and really discern what He's doing in it, so that we can. Because mm-hmm. um, we do have a responsibility to gird up this network. Yeah, and and that like falls you, on us. And like you said, we need to look for what He's doing in this, you know, because He's definitely doing a work yeah. in it. Yeah. And um, and the website. <laughs> I mean, that was a huge. That I mean, that was a point of fruitfulness. That came out of what, what Stacy, what you were talking about, I think, and I think that that is a is going to be a unifying point too. Not that our old website wasn't, but um, it's just the Lord's going to use it. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Monica. You know, too, Nancy. This this word "faint" here comes from my old friend Luo which is to loose, um, you know, binding and loosing. And the essence of what that word really means is to be com- is to be disengaged from something that you were committed to. And the, and the way it first started was when a farmer would um, take the plow animals out of their yoke and so that they, they then stopped doing the plowing, they stopped doing the work that they were commissioned to. And so, um, uh, and then, you know, what binding is, is to really establish authority. I mean, if something's there and it's in authority 
and it doesn't need to be authority. You take authority over it, and you establish the right authority. So the binding and loosing is all about a commitment to what we're supposed to be doing, which is why we've been given the power to bind and loose, and the, the key of David is that. So I, with that being said, and, and for prisoners too, you know, prisoners serve the state. They serve, and when, you know, when Jesus loosed the daughter of Abraham who was all bent over, that meant that she was in some way serving the enemy who had bound her. Mm-hmm. So that being said, um, this word here, for, translated as faint, um, it goes along with the comments that have just been said. And uh, I think that our commitment to what God has given us to be, wherever we are, whether we're here, which is wonderful, whether we're in our seminar settings, which is wonderful, whether we are able to gather together, uh, it's 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 not easy to keep working when that happens, but it's it's been more difficult for us to keep with the yoke of Christ when we're alone, mm-hmm. and we kind of disengage ourselves, and we take off our our role, we stop doing it. So, oh, it doesn't matter, you know. And the enemy—that's the main thing. Why don't you quit? Why don't you give it up? You're not accomplishing anything. He's trying to get this disengaged. And the main thing is for us that if our minds come into that agreement that I don't have to do this. Nobody will know. I'm over here by myself. I can sit here and watch Bonanza. And I can have donuts. And, you know, it doesn't matter whether I'm doing the work. But the the problem is that we we are yoked with Christ. And when we're all here, as has been so eloquently said, it really encourages us to keep going. But when we're off on our own, when we think, first of all, it's hard, the enemy's pressuring us to, to give up and stop, and nobody will know, well, that's that's the fainting in the mind. That's, you know, you're going to reap don't be weary in well-doing. In due season, you'll reap if you faint not. To, to disengage, to take off the yoke, and to stop serving in what we're called to be doing. That's the essence. It's not just getting, you know... It, yeah, laziness does play a part, you know? I, I, it, I found, for me, and everybody has their own story, that if, if I am not specifically setting myself apart to do the business of the Father and making myself pray in the Spirit, making myself check in with headquarters, making myself listen, if I don't do that, it's just as easy to not do it. It really is. And I'm just, I'm confessing this. It's a battle every day. You know, I have to speak several times a week. But because we've learned how to do this, you can tap into the Spirit, use your gift, find a word, develop it, and do that all in five or ten minutes. And then get up and preach, and people say, oh, that that was a rhema for me. Well, it was. But it's easy to deliver what you're supposed to do without being engaged. It really is. And the enemy is all over this right now. So I think think that... um, this, this business of 
establishing a place in your home and or wherever you are and staying engaged knowing that this calling of the saints is something that all of us individually are yoked to and whether we're here or not and I do think that there are going to be consistent I agree there's going to be consistent efforts by the enemy to keep on separating mm -hmm. and you know three years ago we had some who said you know God's calling me to separate and yeah, none of us understood that it was it was a frontline shock and awe attack but we're hanging on and we're still doing the work but we have to do that individually as well because again it's easy not to do it mm -hmm. but it, the, this luo here is not just oh you know I just think I need a breather I, I need to take a rest for a spell that's really not what this means. It means to disengage from the work and to officially take the oak off and not serve anymore. And so if we don't do that in our mind, we'll read. If we don't do that in, 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 uh, in the midst of well-doing, we'll, we'll read. But if we do, I don't know. You know, as hard as it is to say, it, it's kind of, it comes down to we all have to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. Mm -hmm. Who are we? Who am I before the Lord? And we know that our identity in the Lord is always going to lead us through the agape into his business, into his work. Mm -hmm. And so it's really hitting some at the core of their identity and who they are. Mm -hmm. But I think God is in it because now is the time to do that. Well, there may have been some weak points that really yeah. regarded up, and this is the only way it could happen. Yeah, I mean, I mean, when I hear words like, I'm struggling with my faith, I mean, that's alarming to me. It is mm -hmm. alarming. And, and, I mean, I've heard that from, so, and, and I'm so thankful, but I'm thankful to have heard it so that I can be in prayer and, and, and encourage and try to gird that up, but... At this stage, that shouldn't be, but right. for all of us, God, the enemy is testing us and refining us as fire. I mean, he just is. I mean, the enemy, it's like he's pulled out all stops, yeah. and he's just... And I will say, I mean, when Pastor stood a few things, it reminded me that that really has been the struggle. Just take a break. That's, just take a break. That's, what's, that's what I would hear, not to quit. It's never about quitting or saying I wouldn't do this. It's just take a break. I mean, nothing's really going on. Just take a break and you know so it, it was kind of interesting to for me it's not about me but just to say Lord did some things for me to almost prepare me and gird me up for this time because for him to be waking me up at night mm -hmm. it's not even about what happens in the daytime you know what I'm saying mm -hmm. so I'm you know I remain faithful to the thing he asked me to do and to me that's almost been my fail safe but of course now he's waking me up 10 times every night so <laughs> it's really been interesting but yeah so I just feel like you know, for everyone I think he's probably prepared you in the way that he needs to prepare each one of us mm -hmm. so that we can stand in it but the minute you let up there really is a momentum to go the other direction yeah because the enemy's <laughs> right there you know waiting definitely so and but I appreciate what pastor said about the binding and loosing you know because You know, in the past, you always thought binding and loosing was, you know, I bind this and I lose that. But it's a totally different um, thing than, than what we interpreted it to be, you know, in, in years prior. 
and um, but for Pastor to to hear him say what it truly is, that that's I appreciate that, and I mean that's a that's encouraging, and you know I just need to remember that in my in my mind, and um, uh, because that's what it truly is. It's a disengaging of yourself from what you know you're supposed to be doing, and so yes, Mark. <coughs> Because he did it, we can we can do it. Thank you, everybody, for your input. Um, I listed a, a passage here uh, in First Peter one three, where Peter uh, tells us to says, "Wherefore gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end, for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ." And that just kind of goes along with, um, you know, keeping our minds um, engaged and stayed on what the Lord has has uh, created us to be and to do. Um, now, the word for faint in this next scripture is 
a kakeo, or um, that's it, uh, meaning to lack courage, to lose heart, or to be faint-hearted. And in Luke 18:1, it says, "And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint." And um, you know, as a as a uh, being called to be saints, you know, we prayer is is what we who we are. It's what we do. And um, we've learned over the years the true meaning of how to pray and, you know, and in our intercession. Um, this word, ekakeo, is derived from two words meaning, the first me- being ek, meaning of or from or out of, and then kakos, evil, wicked, and noisome. And when I saw this word noisome, I was reminded of Psalm 91 that says, surely he shall deliver thee from the noisome, or from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence or the plague or the pandemic or, or destruction. And, you know, I suspect this is a scripture that we've all quoted over this past year many times because, you know, whether, whether we have suffered with COVID or not, the Lord has delivered us. And... Um, He's kept us, you know, even those who had to go through that. Um, the Lord has still kept us all in it. And then um, another use of this same word is regarding Paul's apostolic ministry in 2 Corinthians 4.1. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. Um <coughs> We don't lack courage or lose heart or become faint-hearted. And as Pastor said, we don't disengage ourselves, uh, but we stay um, engaged. Um, Look at the two. Compare the two. One is to become despondent, but this one is kakos. That means you're absolutely now lining up with the kakos spirit. You're actually partnering with the enemy. After you disengage, the next step is you're now... You know, dabbling in things that you probably shouldn't be even aware of it. Right, and you know it could be an innocent thing, and and you don't realize it. Um, That's why we have to keep our minds, you know, stayed on the Lord and and stayed on His Word, so that we we can recognize if we start moving towards that. But this ek means to come out from that evil, come out from that uh, wickedness, and um, come out from the noise and pestilence. Um, and the Lord has, you know, he has delivered us and kept us, and I believe he'll continue to do so. And then, um, and then speaking to the Ephesians, Paul says in Ephesians 3, beginning with, with verse 13, Wherefore I desire that ye faint not at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with his might by his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in agape, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the agape of Christ which passeth knowledge that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. 
And then again in 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 13. But ye, brethren, be not weary in well-doing, and this is the same word uh, as, as, faint, as faint. And then John writing to the church of Ephesus in Revelation, chapter 2, verse beginning with verse 2. I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and hast found them liars, and hast borne and hast patience, and for my name's sake hast labored and hast not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first agape. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. So it's not enough that we just reject evil. Um, We cannot leave our first love, that agape, that passionate pursuit of the Father and partnering with him and his eternal plan that he has called us to. And then uh, Timothy sent to encourage the Thessalonians in 1 Thessalonians 3, beginning with verse 1. Wherefore, when we could no longer forbear, we thought it good to be left at Athens alone and sent Timotheus, our brother, and minister of God and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ to establish you and to comfort you concerning your faith, that no man should be moved by these afflictions. For yourselves know that we are appointed thereunto. For verily, when we were with you, we told you before that we should suffer tribulation, even as it is is come to pass, and ye know. For this cause, when I could no longer forbear, I sent to know your faith lest by some means the tempter have tempted you and our labor be in vain. But now Timotheus came from you unto us and brought us good tidings of your faith and charity, and that ye have good remembrance of us always, desiring greatly to see us as we also to see you. Therefore, brethren, we were comforted over you in all of our affliction and distress by your faith. For now we live if, if ye stand fast in the Lord." And then have a, just you know, a few. You know what? I, I've been looking at these these different words, and this one should not be moved. Is really a funny one because it's for all of you dog lovers. This uh, this was originally a dog wagging its tail, yeah. and it has to do with um, your assessment of whether something is pleasant or whether you're going to growl and bark, and so. It really is used here to say, <clears throat> when you see what's happening to me, don't don't let that affect your immediate response. Be stronger than that. Don't crater because you see this, and stand stand strong. But I think it's really cute that they use, they use this Wag dog the wagon. I know Les can probably give many illustrations of that. His house, but um, and, and you know the other the other thing is is that in Revelation two, the one you just talked about that with fainting, that's camno, and it means to be um, um, laid upon. So you've got a lot of different layers. So all these things, a cocktail of, of weariness and fainting. You know, it's either the enemy trying to convince you to stop, or it's the the presence of the kakos around you that's just so egregious that you just 
you, you, you just can't take it anymore, you know. And then, but man, has that been really part of our existence. Um, but, but here, you know, uh, or, or whether you just, and that's the real thing, you've got so many things you're supposed to be doing that if the enemy doesn't stop you or if the condition of the world doesn't stop you, if you don't manage the, the responsibilities properly, one of them's gonna suffer and then you're gonna crater. You know, so the whole system shuts down. So there's probably, this is a good lesson, but there's, there's, there's probably a, a prophetic message for us in how we pray for the, the network, network at this moment. And you know, like you, you see here this, um, how many times with the, the, the Kakos thing, there's a connection between prayer and, and praying and, and the, the mercy, receiving insight from God. Or, um, you know, even just in, in that regard. So, you know, I, I see that. I see scriptures, I love the Bible. I love the word of God because it is so alive. It speaks on so many levels to us. And if we just take it, which is a good thing, it's rather than do it this way than not do it at all. If we just take it on surface value, it is wonderful. But, you know, I see here so many of the factors that the enemy has tried on all of us. And, you know, you, you see the Lord's remedy. You know, the, the, the loosing really doesn't focus a whole lot on your praying. It, it focuses on your commitment to a task, to what you're called to do. But the crud around us is attacking men ought always to pray and think not. That's in red in our Bibles. And and you can you can become discouraged from praying because you, you feel that influence of all that cacos. You, you feel it pressing in. You, you see the outrageous things that people are buying into. And you just, it, it just seems to have uh, an intended effect to shut you down from praying. Whereas to me, if the enemy's after you, I mean, you, you really poke the bear and it may stop you for a little bit, but you're going to come after him and pray more. Mm -hmm. But if you, if you think, we prayed for this country, we've had these things, oh, look at the nonsense that's yeah. going on, look at the, the executive orders, look at all this mess and the people that believe it. What good does it do to really keep praying? I mean, they're gone. I mean, that's the strategy. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to, I guess, stop. That, that's so good. Keep wagging the dog. Oh, good. Or let the, don't let the, the dog wag you. <laughs> don't, don't wag the tail. <laughs> Maybe I should have titled this, that Don't Wag Your Tail. <laughs> um, so, you know, you're, you're talking about so many things, and I, I agree with them all. And, uh, this. This past week, you know, the House passed this equality bill. Mm -hmm. And if you haven't heard about it, they, it, if it's passed by the Senate, this could be real trouble in the churches because you would have to hire mm -hmm. people that are not agreeing with your faith, basically. And as an equality, that's how they get the title. Um, 
And in effect, what that's doing is, is placing spies inside your organization, True. inside your church. True. To report that if whatever you're not, you say. Yeah. Whatever you're thinking, whatever you're planning, there they are, right in the middle of it. Like having the other team in the huddle. And of course, the word's going to be contrary to that. So then they would report that, you know, yeah, saying they're, yeah. you know, saying. And so it it uh, it means that we have to capitalize on the individual prayers, whether this goes through or not. If it doesn't, then there's another attack and another attack and another, trying every single angle that that uh, the devil thinks is possible to break down the church and the family. Yeah, I mean, he's unleashed. And, yeah, and, and so, and, and I'm also reminded that Tammy and I were in New Orleans for a while, and we, we were at a large church, Assembly of God Church, and the Lord was moving, and it was growing in huge numbers. And they, they couldn't, young families were coming by the droves. And... Nobody wanted to work the nursery because they wanted to be in service. So um, they had to hire nurses to work the nursery. Well, prior to all of this new movement, they always piped in the sermon to the nursery. So the, people, the laborers that worked in the uh, moms and the, that attended the church could hear the sermon even though they were working the nursery. Well, what happened is that these nurses that they hired, they were, they hired LPN, actual nurses, and they kept getting saved. Then if I hired, hired, hired. I don't know how many they hired one year, but it was a, a very large number. And there they were in the service. And it tells me that no matter what Satan is doing, if that happens, there are going to be people saved. When I say that, I mean people coming, forcing, churches being forced to move these people into their organization. Those people will be saved and never, perhaps never would have been touched by the Lord any other way. And so he's going to win no matter what. It takes all that we're talking about on our behalf. Uh, on, that's our, our job, our duty, our responsibility. But he's going to win. He's going to win. He's going to win. about shaking here in the beginning very good verses on that. And I just had the thought, you know, we're to be stirred, not shaken. Thank <laughs> 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 you, <Yeah. laughs> So let's just be stirred and not shaken. Thank you, Dennis. Tammy? I'd like to give a brief testimony about your teaching. Uh, I have been working on prophetic presbytery for a long time. That's just part of it, you know, that's just how it works. And um, this is a testimony to God's faithfulness. 
um, and His mercy. Um, I was getting emails from people in the church as well as in the network, and they were very sobering to me because I could see the enemy was attacking on all fronts. And, uh, you know, it's COVID, it's, it's uh, loss of employment, or you are employed and you're under a lot of pressure because you do the work of two or three people. Uh, we had the Arctic storm, people had damage to their homes, their cars, their businesses. And so I was, I was getting a lot of information like that. Their health, that was another one, their health. And, um, and so I think probably this time, uh, I have probably changed that schedule 15 times, but it's electronic. It's just a matter of going in and adding or deleting names from Prophetic Presbytery. And uh, in the middle of all of this, I, I became very concerned. And uh, I was praying about it, uh, asking the Lord to give me direction on how to pray. So I was really inquiring, you know, how do I, how do I direct my prayers for this? Because I was very concerned because I could see that people were becoming disengaged, but I could see why. Um, and the Lord gave me a dream about our church people and the Saints Network, and it was powerful, it was mighty, and it was during the seminar, and we were all heavily involved, and we were mightily blessed. And uh, it really encouraged me, it really charged me. And so I just kept praying about it, and um, I could see that when I got to church, that these tribulations that I could see that were happening to people uh, were being targeted with different messages that were released from the pulpit. I could see that happening, and I was thanking God for that. And I just want to say to all of you, because some of you are on Prophetic Presbytery, uh, that God is so marvelous, and he has turned that. And um, I have gotten emails back saying, you know what? I don't care what's happening. I'm serving the Lord. He's first, and this will have to lay. And um, it's greatly encouraged me. It really has. And it just happened this week. And I heard from people that I didn't expect to hear from, had no idea there was even the intent of being on prophetic ministry. It just happens with the nature of this, um, this ministry. But I just want to say, Thank you uh, for your teaching today. I have, I have seen the Lord move on behalf of that ministry for the seminar, and I just praise God for that. Praise God. Can yeah. I add something? Yes. Quick? <clears throat> you know, when, when, when people come here for the seminar, they leave. They're, you know, they leave everything behind, and they come here, and they come into this house, and they engage. Their focus is here, and that's, that's I think, one of the things that we need to pray towards is when they're in their homes and they're used to doing work from home and Zooming from home and doing all that, it's a lot easier to say, well, I'm not going to take the week off or the time off. I'm just going to do both. And I think that, that, I mean, I think that's one way the enemy is going to try to get them to disengage, miss sessions, miss, or I can catch up later or whatever. And granted, we're thankful for that, that, that the freedom to be able to do that. But I think whenever we're in conversation with any of them that are away, we need to encourage them, look, this is just like a normal seminar. You need to set aside the time. When we have prayer times, you need to pray. When you have, just really encourage that. Because it's easy to disengage <coughs> when you're distracted by doing everything else. Yeah. yeah. 
That is so true. I had that this week because, you know, I always get my time approved six months in advance as soon as I know the date. And we're just slammed at work. I mean, just absolutely slammed. And I just felt the burden of the responsibility of the job. And I said, well, I just won't take my days. Because we're just drowning, literally. And, uh, and you know, with, with, you know, like many, everything that's been going on, my house flooding, just being discouraged. You know, I came to prayer yesterday, and I just laid on the floor, and I couldn't even talk. I couldn't even pray. But I just laid before the Lord, and he just kept taking my spirit away. And then I would come back, and he just kept taking my spirit away because my asthma's been really bad this past week, and I just have not felt well. And so when I was done, I got up, and I was just like, you know, it's what I needed. It's like he washed away all the, you know, the junk. It's a job. It's going to be there tomorrow. You know, and Tammy just asked me because I told her I wasn't coming, so she kind of checked with me this morning. I said, you know what? I text my boss. I just texted my boss and told him I'm taking my days that were approved six months ago, and I'm not, I'm not going to put the job first because, you know, the Lord is first. Right. And so, uh, you know, I waited for his reply, but you know what I mean? It's just like, <laughs> I mean, literally. I, I mean, I, I had 120 calls in one day. Oh my. <laughs> and I just I texted the owner and I said, I'm drowning over here. I've got to have help. And so he pulled some other girls to help. But you think about the entire Metroplex where we service customers, they're all needing new equipment mm -hmm. and everybody's in freak out mode. And it's just insane where we are right now. One of the guys I work with just came down with shingles from the stress of it all. Oh my. And my new boss is overwhelmed because I just trained him. And he's like, I can't do all this. And I said, I'm not sitting at home doing nothing. You know, and I'm like, you know what? The job will be there tomorrow. Those customers will just have to wait, fall in line like everybody else. So I just, you know, what Monica said is true. You know, we can just feel so overwhelmed by, you know, getting hit this way, that way, this way, that way, that, you know, I don't. You know, I don't care. <laughs> I ha you know, I have to be where I'm supposed to be. <clears throat> and so I'm taking the days and I'm coming like I planned. You know? And we know when we put the Lord first, you know, he's that's it. I everything mean, is going to work out for our good because, you know, we're putting him first. Yeah. And it's for his purpose that we're doing that. So, you know, he's going to work out every detail and right. um, take care. So.
God directs an angel with the key to go and open up this pit. And it's a godly angel. And, and I believe that that pit is being opened up. And the locusts are being allowed to come out into the earth and, and do things. And we know the locust represents the... Um, unclean spirits and some other things, but the, the, the scripture says there's a smoke that comes out that even affects the sun and all all different atmospheric conditions around us in this realm that we're in. And we see that manifesting in a lot of different ways. But one thing that, that's encouraging, though, is, is John was directed and seeing this and witnessing it where he said these these creatures can go and do these certain things, but the people that have the seal of Theos in their foreheads, you can't do anything to them. And that's what we've got to hold on to, is we have his seal, and he knows who's who's really functioning on behalf of his kingdom and what he's doing at the throne. He knows. And he knows those that are not. They're just playing games. But he said, it's interesting because this year that we're in, they're attacking everything that's green. All of the vegetation, that's what locusts do. They come in, they storm, and they go after all the green. Um, and there, there's a lot of symbolism in that, too. So I just I want to encourage all of us to, to keep that in our, in, in our thinking that we have his seal, it's not ours, in our foreheads. And he knows that even though this smoke, then go and read it, Revelation 9, the smoke that comes out, is affecting every the earth, the sun, and, and, and lots of people are under the influence of this demonic smoke that's being released out of the bottomless pit. And um, we can be affected at times, but we God's Spirit helps us and shakes us and and, and brings us back into alignment. He, he, I don't ever think that He wants us to be overcome by whatever He's allowing us to see or feel in the Spirit. He didn't want that. He wants us overcoming. And um, so I just encourage everybody to remember we have his seal in our foreheads. And we don't have to fear anything. Amen. Thank you, Mark, for that. <clears throat> and, um, I had a thought, but it just went shoot. So anyway, thank you for that. That's really encouraging. So I, I brought this lesson as an encouragement to all of us that in these days, in these trying times that, you know, is, are in the world today, um, all we have to do is look at uh, the plethora of scripture that are there to reassure us and um, to remind us and encourage us that as we set aside or as we set the Lord always before our face, we shall not be moved. And um, we won't be disconnected from his purpose and, um, and we won't faint, um, despite what we hear and what we see. Um, our, our minds are stayed on the Lord, and it's him that, um, that we follow and just remember the plan. <laughs> Good work, Nancy. Thank you. Next Thank time, don't teach so long. I know. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for your your comments and. Um,